1: friends and welcome to the happy hour jamie ivy podcast i'm your host jamie and i'm so excited that you're here every week on this show i invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life the little things in life and everything in between i want to thank prep dish for helping make this podcast happen y'all this is a great deal from prep dish you know you've heard me talk about prep dish the amazing meal planning service i've talked about so much It's back to school time. Actually, today my kids went back to school. It's back to school time. And between homework and after-school activities, who has time to cook every day? Prep Dish to the rescue. Chef Allison sends you the plan to fill your fridge with healthy meals for the week, all ready to go when you need them. What a lifesaver. They're offering you a special $4 one-month trial at prepdish.com slash happy hour. Seriously, y'all, this is a great deal. Go to prepdish.com slash happy hour today. All right, friends, you are listening to episode number 155. And my guest is Sarah Hagerty. Sarah and I met in a hallway of a hotel where I practically ran her over as I was racing to my room to be alone and had tears streaming down my face. That was how Sarah and Jamie met. Sarah has a new book out titled Unseen. You know, the truth is that every heart longs to be seen and understood. Yet most of our lives, it's unwitnessed. We spend our days working or driving or parenting, and sometimes we spend whole seasons feeling unnoticed and unappreciated. So how do we find contentment when we feel so hidden? That is what Sarah is talking about in the book, Unseen. And she is suggesting that this is exactly what God intended, that He is the only one who truly knows us and understands us and sees the value in our lives. Our culture applauds us when we produce, when we can show things, and when we can upload to social media. But guys, Sarah is saying, maybe my seemingly unproductive looking up at Him life produces awe among the angels. I read most of this book and I'm in love with it. I read her first book and loved it just as much. So go check out her book and you're gonna love our conversation today. Guys, I want you to know that if you have not subscribed to the happy hour, today is the day to do that. It's super simple to do in your iPhone. Go to the podcast button that's already there. Find the show, Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey and hit subscribe. Guys, if you want to download an app, if you use an Android or some other kind of device, there's plenty of apps to choose from. Look up podcast apps, find the one, and then go find me. Here's why you want to subscribe, for lots of reasons. But number one is that we have an amazing lineup the next few weeks. And when you're subscribed to the show, you don't even have to think about downloading the show. It just shows up on your phone or your listening device every Wednesday at 6 a.m. Central Time. Here's some of our upcoming guests. Aaron Ivey, my husband. Catherine Lowe is coming on, and just let me tell you, when Katherine comes on, we have something really big to tell you. I'll just leave it at that. Rachel Myers is coming, Andrea Licato, so many more people are finishing out 2017, and it's going to be so amazing, so make sure you're subscribed. I am still waiting on Joanna Gaines to get back with me, so we'll just keep waiting, guys. Thank you for all those Instagram comments, so you guys are amazing. All right, friends, here is my conversation with Sarah. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the happy hour. Thank you for having me. This is fun. Now, during our happy hour right now, um, which it would be all of the times I record shows with friends, I immediately wish we were really truly having the happy hour, but we'll I just <laughs> we'll just pretend. but right now, do you have sleeping children? Is that when this time worked best for you? Yes, Well ha- you know, I have a whole lot of children, like puns <laughs> and puns. So some of
2: them are sleeping, and the others are baking. Baking? What are they baking? I don't know. They, I just kind of gave them free range in the kitchen. The town is a missionary from Uganda, and she's like a baker, and so they're just gonna make me something really good.
1: Okay, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, when,
2: There's when do you all... once in blue mood? Trust me, it's not
1: like everybody's sleeping <laughs> and happy and baking all the time. It does not give a dreamy home. <laughs> That's, that's pretty dreamy, Sarah, let's be honest. Um, well, when we're recording this, we have exactly one week until school starts around here. And so I literally left my house, walked over to Aaron's studio where I'm recording this at this moment. And all my kids are literally vegging out watching TV. And I looked at Aaron. and I said, I don't even care. I don't even care.
2: Oh, no way. That's exactly right. It is the end of summer,
1: baby. I know. The beginning of summer, they are hanging by a thread, ready for school. That's exactly (laughs) right. The first weeks of summer, they only get two hours of TV a day. By now, I'm like, I have no idea how how much TV you're watching. And I don't even care, actually. (laughs) The end of the long summer. I know we're ready to start. So do your kids go to public school or do you homeschool?
2: Oh, I homeschool, but we're still ready for rhythm. And this okay, summer yeah. has been especially long. So, yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think that's what it is, too. It's not even so much, oh, I want my kids to get away and go to school because I know it can sound like that. It is rhythm. The summer just, it's it loses. Rhythm. Yeah, we lose our rhythm around here. And I'm like you, I work from home and it, it's it's hard for me even without a rhythm. And so we're ready for rhythm around here.
0: Yes. In fact, too.
1: the day that this airs, I just thought about this, will be my kid's first day back at school. It's a
2: good day.
1: I mean, you'll it's been just... on my calendar for like a year. <laughs> you'll just find me lounging on the couch, watching movies all day. <laughs> <laughs> eating bomb bombs. Yep, yep, That's exactly right. We all know that's not true. We all know that's not true. Well, Sarah, I've been looking forward to talking to you for a long time. And I've actually talked about you on the show a handful of times. Um, Yes, I know. Thank you. Oh, you heard? (laughs) Yay. So it's fun to actually have you here and I want to remind people where we met. So I'll tell my side of the story and then you can jump in. Okay. (laughs) Because I remember it very vividly, but sometimes when you have something I'm not going to use the word traumatic because it wasn't a traumatic experience, but it was this really emotional <laughs> experience for me. Sometimes things stand out more than others. So I was at a conference um, in South Carolina called Alum, And this was how many years ago? Was it two years ago. Probably.
2: I, don't, You know, I went two years in a row. So it could have been two or it could have been three.
1: 2014,
2: 2015. Okay. So two
1: or it. three years ago I went and it was really one of the very first events that I went to where people were listening to the podcast and were coming up and telling me that. Okay. So oh, yeah. I've been creating a podcast for maybe a year before that and just... I was just doing my thing, right? And then I show up at this conference and people are coming up, tell me that they love the show. And let me tell you, as someone who records a show by themselves in front of a computer with a microphone, I like hearing that people listen because I'm like, oh, Wait, people actually listen to this? Yay. It's not just my mom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so it was so kind and so encouraging. Also at that same point, I was starting to think about maybe writing a book and I had a few meetings yes. with some editors and then with an agent. And it was like this big tornado of my life in those like four hours. I felt like people were coming at me and nice. I got a very, I was about to say a little, I got very overwhelmed and emotional yes. and I had to go back to my room and I was turning around the corner I already had tears, and I was about to just <laughs> lose it, and I ran straight into you. There was with a box of tissues. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think we had ever met in, except for that encounter. Am I right about that? Yeah, no, that was the only time we met. Yes, that's the only time we've ever met was right there at the <laughs> intersection of the um, hotel elevator and my room. Right there, it was right on the corner, and I have no idea what I said to you, but I think I just said I feel overwhelmed and da da da, da. and I don't even remember what you said to me, but I remember it being so kind. And it was—it's one of those moments I look back and I'm like, I feel like God put that little intersection in that hallway there for a specific reason at a specific time, and we know He does that. And so thank you for being there for me. That so <laughs> <And> that-
2: <laughs> cool.
0: Yeah. I,
1: re- I remember you, I think
2: you would just come out of your meetings with editors and I was like, I know that feeling.
1: <sighs> it was just very overwhelmed. And I went into the hotel room and I did, I had a go cry and I called my husband and, he, in a very nice way, this sounds mean what he did, but in a very nice way, he said, you need to just dry your face off and you need to get back down there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Put on some more
2: mascara. What's so cool though, is now your book is coming out
1: soon. I know, right? Isn't that crazy? Like that kind of, yeah. it makes me emotional again to think about that. I do have a book coming out in January and, and You know, you mentioned this in an email. I asked all my guests certain questions and you mentioned this to me and I thought this was interesting how you said, it's interesting how some of us who write books and everything seems so polished and perfect about, but it's not like that on the other side. Yeah, no kidding. And I just sent out a bunch of early reads to some of my peers, like also authors. And Sarah, I, when I pushed send on the email, I literally thought I could vomit. Like, oh, yes, I could vomit right now. And I emailed someone at my publishing house and said, what am I going to do when like people are actually buying the book? (laughs) Like, I just felt so like vulnerable.
2: I have like flashbacks in my mind from when my last book came out, like just little conversations just around the few days that it came out. And it's like PTSD (laughs) thinking through, oh, I just wanted to hide under my covers for like two weeks. People were like it was sort of felt like I invited everybody into my Closet, like, come take a look at my underwear drawer. And
1: that's exactly (laughs) what I feel like. And I have a specific chapter in my book that is my whole book's pretty vulnerable, but there's one specific chapter that's very vulnerable. And I just feel like I'm just signing up to just hang out the dirty laundry and let it out there. Oh, I can't wait to read your book. Oh, you're so kind. Well, I'm in the middle of reading yours, Unseen. It comes out actually a week from when we're talking on the 23rd. So it comes out in a week and the cover is absolutely beautiful. It's just, it's gorgeous. Oh my,
2: isn't it? I, I mean, truly my team that put it together, Um, you know, they did a great job with my
1: last book, but this one I'm just blown away. Oh, and as I'm getting into the book, I mean, the cover exhibits everything that the book is. It's yeah, just beautiful. I, it's beautiful.
2: Yes. Yeah. We, they did a phenomenal job.
1: Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com.
3: Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call.
1: in a world that loves to be noticed and I feel like that we could record 78 podcasts about the struggle that we have oh goodness, of living yeah. in a world that's asking us so often to be noticed and we're yearning to be noticed and so I want to know where did the concept of this book arise in your life because it seems very relevant in my life even as I read it And so. If it's relevant for you enough to write it, if it's relevant for me to read it, I have a small suspicion that there's a lot of us listening that are thinking, yeah, I need this. So where did this idea come from that you felt, I believe in this enough to write about it?
2: It's been sitting in there for about 10 years, and I think it's Mm. come up in lots of different stretches of life. And so, you know, when you have this thing that kind of keeps popping up and you're, you know, when you're single and then when you're a mom and then... When you're, for me, when I had a career, like in a working setting, like seeing this pop up in all these different settings, after a while, I started to go, I think this is a theme. I think Mm. early it really showed up before we had kids and I was in a more business setting and really wanting to prove myself out of college and kind of, well, and I even felt it in ministry too, wanting to prove myself and yet feeling like I was constantly either shoved to the side or trying to kind of wiggle my way to the front and working really hard to get seen. Mm. I didn't have language for it then. I just know that feeling of either set aside because somebody else gets the promotion or somebody Mm -hmm. else takes the credit for your work or feeling really good about yourself because somebody notices that you're pouring yourself out or somebody notices that you're making an impact. So that was maybe early that I first identified that feeling. But then I think really, you know, I went through a long stretch of infertility and celebrated my friends having their first, second, third babies. And you know, after a year, you have some people who really understand what it's like to wait a year, but you know, eight or 10 years, people don't really have a grid. I mean, there's some, but not many right. who have a grid for what it's like to not have babies and want them. And not, it's not that I like pined away to be a mom when I was a little kid, but you know, I just, I, I had a vision that we'd get married and have kids. And because so, it's what
1: we all have the vision. I mean, you know, that's, that plays into it. It's, a, it's what we all vision this is how life plays out.
2: Yes, that's exactly right. And so here I am, you know, on the fourth floor, of Martha Jefferson hospital. I, I used to say, I need a frequent flyer card because that's where all my friends had their babies. And, uh, you know, I'm visiting another friend with another baby and she's telling me her birth story and I'm walking to the car going, I feel like no one has a clue what this feels like. And yet at the same time, I just felt this little invitation from God, like, Hey, I see you. Mm. I know your pain. And so that's maybe when it first started cropping up, but then later when we adopted here, you can probably relate to this. I'm in Ethiopia with our kids for the first time. I'm a mom overnight to two kids and there are major meltdowns. And I can't even communicate with my friends because I'm, you know, across the ocean. I don't know how to be a mom. And man, these children are mine in an instant. And I'm going, this is motherhood. Who can help me with this? Who knows what this is like? because I'm going to come home and my friends are going to talk about their six-month-old babies and mine's like three and a half and I just Mm -hmm. met her yesterday. And yet in the same way, I felt that little invitation like, hey, Sarah, I see you. Mm. I see you here. And it just, you know, across many different stretches of life, that same little nudge in the back of my mind from the Lord going, you want other people to know, you want other people to get you, but I'm the only one who's really going to get you. Mm. I'm the only one who's really going to see you.
1: So tell me this, as I'm listening to this, I think I'm I'm nodding my head. Yes, yes, yes. All these things. But I'm actually thinking to myself as well, and I would like to know how you thought through this. Sometimes in like, let's just be honest here, in my deepest, darkest, sinful hearts, I actually want other people to see me more than I want to believe that God seeing me is enough. Does that make sense? Or am I the only one with the ugly sin?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. And that's exactly it. I mean, I think this didn't come. So here I am summarizing like three years worth of struggle in one little conversation with God. Mm -hmm. But it is like, I would find, you know, even after adopting, four of my children are adopted and then I have two biological children and I would find myself in conversations with my friends who hadn't adopted, wanting to like subtly let them know, what a big deal it is, what we're Mm. doing under our roof. And I would kind of weave it into conversation and I'd want them to affirm me and I'd want them to get that the reason I'm 30 minutes late is because we got a whole lot of heart issues under our roof Mm -hmm. and it's not quite working. And I'm wanting people to affirm and to validate and yet I'm feeling constantly frustrated because nobody gets it. Mm -hmm. And then going, wait a second, I think I've felt like nobody gets it kind of in almost every season of my life. (laughs) Mm. I mean, I have amazing girlfriends who really do get it, but they're still... I mean, don't you feel like this, the older we get, the more we're like, there's not going to be one single person who has our same exact scenario with our same background, our same marriage, our same, you know, makeup of family, who's going to really look in our eyes and go, I understand.
1: Mm. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think sometimes too, and you can probably speak into this because you went on this journey and, and I've, you know, been reading your book and it's really been speaking to me a lot is just saying, you know what, maybe... Like, I need to be praying a couple of things. Number one is, God, let me just realize that you see me when I feel like no one else does. Like, let me ju- like just bring that to the forefront of my mind. And then the second thing is, God, let me believe that that is best and okay. Yeah. If that's all well, it think, is.
2: Yes. And I think that second question, honestly, like we don't, I don't even get there. You know, a lot of the time I don't even get there because I'm not even really asking how he sees yeah. me. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I don't even realize how good it is. Mm. I think of, you know, right right after we brought our skin to home. So in two years, we grew from like just Nate and I, I mean, we had been just the two of us for eight years. And in two years, we grew from zero to four kids and adopted outside the birth order and older children. And so a couple months after we got home from Uganda, dear friend of mine was getting married. And it was one of those friends, like I have to be at her wedding. We drove across the country to go. They invited us because they'd seen like the pictures uh, online and You know, our homecoming video invited our kids to come to this little pre-wedding cocktail dinner. No kids were going, but our kids were invited because everybody was like, oh, we want to meet them, you know, and Mm -hmm. you feel a little bit of that, like I'm on display. Yeah. (laughs) So we're kind of prepping our kids the best we can, but children who've been through trauma and have been adopted, like you kind of don't really know how to prep them for the unknown. So we walk into the foyer of this beautiful home, cocktail party, everybody's totally dressed up, kind of circles around the foyer to like meet us. And one of my children leans over and screams at the top of her lungs in my ear. And I, she's not a three-year-old, so I'll just say that. It's okay. not my three-year-old. So, you know, here she is. She's just screamed in my ear. So I'm kind of mad at her because I can't even hear out of one ear. And she's <laughs> right. old enough to not scream in my ear. But then there's also, like, here was adoption on display, and now they're watching my kid melt down. And and the rest of the night, my, I'm all up in my head kind of like, man, nobody knows the story behind this kid. And we just look like a hot mess. And I feel like a hot mess. And then I get in the car and I feel this, what I said earlier, even this invitation from God saying, hey, ask me what I think of you. Ask me how I see you. And, you know, then you get a little bit of that whisper from God, like, hey, I love that you flew across the ocean to get these girls. And it's really hard right now, but I see it. And then I love it. And then all of a sudden, it, it really is kind of an all of a sudden you know what, if they never get my story, it doesn't really matter because the voice of God speaking into that is so much more real.
1: Mm.
2: And I think a series of those over time, kind of where we look at his word and see what he thinks about his people. Because if I'm really honest, I struggle to believe that he likes me, right? Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I see that he likes me and he's actually like enjoying what I'm doing in my family, even though I feel like a hot mess. Over time, those things start to change our craving for other people to see us.
1: Mm. What do you think? I'm thinking too, is like, I'm really big and really love like women cheering each other on in community and I've got my girls, that I can tell them anything and and they're not going to think less of me and they're going to love me and they're going to point me to Jesus. Is there something like when you were kind of going through these 10 years and you're discovering this and you're writing this book and you're having all these thoughts, is there something where you thought this is how we as humans can be for each other and point each other back to that truth? That's exactly right. Does someone do that for you? Do you have that in your world? Yes.
2: You know, well, I have my, some of two of my, I would say two or three of my dearest friends, just a close circle that they just get me. They know my world. They know the ups and downs and they're kind of cheering for me. Um, and they are the ones who are going, you know what, as much as I can see, I can cheer you on, but I still don't know your whole day. Mm. And I still don't, you know, even my closest friends don't know what it's like to write and, uh, at, mm. you know, at homeschool. So to homeschool, to have six kids, to adopt, but yet they can still go, hey, as much as I can see, I'm cheering you on. And you know what? His eyes are the best. That's we right. We have my, my girl's Bible study here. We call it a fight club and we're all older. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we've all kind of been through the. Trenches of what it was like to have good girlfriends in college that you know you just lay on each other's bed and watch movies <laughs> until 3 a.m. You right. know, which is totally and braid fun. each other's
1: hair, braid each other's hair, yes, too.
2: exactly. Braid <laughs> I each need more hair. of that in my life, yeah. <laughs> or maybe rewind like five years and we puppy painted boxers, right? Yes, like, <laughs> yes. But you know, at this stage of life, we call each other, we call our little group the Fight Club because we just feel like, man, it is really hard to walk out life. And walk out life and God, and we're gonna fight for one another. So, yes, yeah. I feel like there are, there's definitely a need for that.
1: We, I have a fight club as well, like that. And you know what? As I'm thinking about it, sometimes I think it takes a little bit more guts also to be the friend that says to the person, Hey, I know I don't get it, but he does. Yeah. You know, to be That's that a, person yeah. that I, I feel like sometimes that takes like a big, confidence in that you truly believe this and that it—that your friend, what your friend wants is to be seen by those around her. But what you know she needs is to be reminded about God seeing her. And so it's almost like you're not giving that friend what they want in that moment, but you're pointing them back to what is true. And I think that's hard sometimes as women.
2: It totally is hard because I think we can text each other so much quicker than we can actually sit down before God mm-hmm. and kind of unpack our hearts yeah and I think I don't know if that I feel like I'm right on the verge of 40 so I'm kind of like looking ahead to my 40s and I feel like I think this is what my 40s and friendship is going to look like because my my girlfriends and I we've all been through some pretty hard stuff and just real life stuff yeah. and so I feel like there is this hey we need to totally cheer each other on and hey we all also know that our circumstances are unique enough that like we got to push each other to God it's the yeah. only thing that's going to keep us going
1: yeah, I think that there is I always say, I mean I say this all the time that what will get me to the end of this of this life is you know God's word and you know his spirit obviously but God's word and my community, the people around me. I mean, just to be able to yeah. push you towards him, I think it's an it's an invaluable resource that we can have. Okay, so you said you're close to 40. How close are you?
2: Oh my goodness, I'm 2 weeks away. <gasps>
1: you're almost there. Are you? I, know. I just,
2: I'm going my hair to... colored. I'm ordering, ordering myself a pair of Birkenstocks today. This is like all about <laughs> me.
1: <laughs> that is hilarious. Okay. So you're 40 and how does old your oldest child? 13, 13. Okay. So my oldest is 13 as well. How does your youngest
2: Oh my goodness. My youngest is seven months old. Can we talk about what it's like (laughs) to be almost 40 and have a baby?
1: (laughs) Okay. So you alluded to this a little bit, but you and your husband struggled with infertility, adopted four children, two from Ethiopia, two from Uganda. You can tell us in a minute the order and all that kind of stuff. And then I want to hear the story of how many years between that did you have this, your first biological child, which I mean, you tell me, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Give me just the breakdown of how your family came together.
2: Yeah, so we had our four children that we had adopted, two from Ethiopia. Then a year later, we started the process of adopting two more from Uganda. I always say we were young and naive enough that we just, like, jumped <laughs> right back in. I mean, why not two more? Right? Why not? I, really? And then, um, I, I mean, truthfully, the story is when we were in Ethiopia adopting our first two, I thought that would be it for adoption. And we had a an older girl who showed us around the orphanage where our children had been, and it was clear she'd done this routine before. Take the parents around the orphanage who were coming to get their babies. And she had this look in her eyes that was like, take me home. Yet yeah, I knew it was pretty unlikely that this child was going to get adopted. Mm. And so we came home from Ethiopia and a month later, I said, babe, we have to go back. There are those older kids there who are not likely to be adopted. Mm. Now, now, since then, I've, I've seen a lot more older child adoption. But so when we went back, we actually didn't go back for that specific child, but we did go back to adopt two older children. So okay. we kind of messed up the birth order. And then but after 12 years of marriage, then we just had this surprise pregnancy.
1: OK, so but. I want to hear this. So you adopt your four children. And at that point in your life, you've walked through this infertility. Had you come to grips that your body just was not going to birth children?
2: No. You know what? Honestly, that is, and I write about that in my first book, Every Bitter Thing is Sweet. I could not let it go mm-hmm. in my own heart, not because I felt like I needed to have a biological child. Honestly, it wasn't so much. I mean, goodness, my, as you know, because you've adopted, my my children who are adopted are my own. Like, mm-hmm. this is, I didn't need this biological child. It was that I really believed that God could heal Mm. And I wanted to see it. And so I felt sort of this fierce, like, this is the hardest thing ever to stay in the game and keep asking him to heal me. But I think I'm going to ask him until I'm 50. <laughs> mm. And I did. And so when I did find out that I was pregnant, I mean, there was on one hand, like, total shock, like, how, how is this crazy thing finally happening? And then on the other hand, it was like this sigh of, finally, mm. I have
1: waited and asked and prayed. And man, this is pretty incredible. Where did you get the number 50 from? Was that just like you just kind of decided, I'm going to ask till I'm 50?
2: Well, I actually used to say till I was 80. And now that I'm 40 <laughs> and <the> body
1: decide. fine, <laughs> like, good call. I'm bringing that down. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yeah, our bodies just aren't the same as they were when they were 20. Am I right about that? <laughs> they are not. And that is something about turning 40. I've had,
2: I'm a runner and I've had these like issues with running and I'm like, I keep trying to figure out the right shoe. And then my physical therapist was like, well, I mean, we do need to acknowledge your age. <laughs>
1: I said something to Aaron just like that this morning. I was like, you know, uh, I was telling him I was being funny about how I have bought these same jeans forever. And I, I and it's weird. I told him they must be doing something wrong when they manufacture them They're not because I just went up a size and I don't know what happened. <laughs> and I was like, I think they should check it out because maybe they need to talk to their manufacturer. And then I said, I mean, I am almost 40. I can't expect to wear the same size when I was 30. Right. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm Maybe I, I should have quit eating chips, but no, there's that as is, well. Our metabolism is on the decline. Yes, it totally is. It totally is. It's a
0: sad day. It totally is.
1: Okay, guys, before we get back to the interview with Sarah, I want to thank our sponsor for today. One of them is Noonday Collection. You guys know I'm a Noonday fan because I talk about them all the time. So this summer, the Happy Hour, myself, we're teaming up to do a little Join with Jamie promotion. That means that if you go to jamieivy.noondaycollection.com, you will see all the fun, free Noonday products added to your starter kit this summer just because you're a Happy Hour listener. How kind is that? If you've heard of Noonday and you're wanting to become an ambassador, now is the time because, guys, listen, this offer ends on August 31st. That's next Thursday. Also, let me remind you that the new fall line is live, people, and it is incredible. You've seen me on Instagram and in some of my Instagram stories. I've already been wearing some of my favorite pieces all around town. Have you seen me with the tassel necklace, might I remind you of? Only one of my favorite things they've ever done. Okay, guys, head to your local truck show or shop online to score your own pieces made with love from their latest collection. Again, go to jamieivy.noondaycollection.com and you're gonna see all the fun free Noonday products that you're gonna get added to your starter kit this summer, just cause you're a listener. All right guys, the next people I wanna thank for making the happy hour happen today is third love. Okay, it's no secret, bra shopping is the worst. But what if you could skip the lines, the dressing rooms, all the hassle and find a perfect fitting bra in minutes? How does that sound? If that sounds like something you want, check out Third Love. All you need to do is just take Third Love's online fit finder quiz and they'll recommend the bra that's right for your size and your shape. And guys, I did this recently and I did all the questions and I received my bra and I put it on and I'm here to tell you I am a fan. Third Love is obsessed with finding the perfect fit and they did for me on the first try, which is great. And that's why Third Love is the only lingerie brand that offers bras in half cup sizes. You may be a half cup size and never even knew it. And best of all, you can try one of Third Love's amazingly comfortable bras free for 30 days. You only pay $2.99 for shipping. Guys, you can really try this bra. Like you can try it so much you they want you to cut the tag off, wash it, wear it all day to work, around the house, football games, wherever you are, you might even forget that you have it on. If your third love bra isn't your new favorite, it's not a problem. You just return it or exchange it for free. All right, guys, go to thirdlove.com slash Jamie right now to find your perfect fitting bra and try it for 30 days. That's thirdlove.com slash Jamie to try your new favorite bra for free. Thirdlove.com slash Jamie. Okay, so you have been married to your husband. Did you say 15 years? 16 years in two weeks. 16 years. Okay. Good for you guys on marriage. Um, Can we talk about how marriage changes in 16 years? Oh, my goodness. Gracious, right? So many ways. Like I think kids change it and jobs change it and then just getting 40 changes it. We were just I was just talking to a group of new moms today. I was on a panel at our church for new moms and oh, that's awesome. yeah, and one of the things I w- we talked about was like how to make your marriage a priority when you have all these kids. And I actually said and I would be interested to although your family journey and your ages of kids is a lot different than mine, I told the moms there today, I said I feel like Aaron and I do a really good job of keeping our marriage priority. Like it's very important for us. It's a high, it's a it's a it's a thing. But you know what, Sarah? I feel as though the older my kids get, the harder it is to like date night. Do you feel that yeah. way at all?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because you got your teenagers who want to talk to you at nine o'clock at night about their heart. <laughs> yes. <gasps> I want to be there. Yes. And then all their activities. And yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, one but night, we, have, we
2: put it on the calendar and it's kind of like an unmovable. Steeple, but even that, and we end up, our goal is once a week and it ends up being sometimes two times a month
1: just because there's so much going on. Yeah. I agree. I agree. But I told those new moms, I'm like, listen, just start to make it a priority now because it matters.
2: That's exactly right. I, I have felt, you know, with each, so when we first adopted our first two, we took one weekend away a year. Then when we adopted our second two, just the nature of adoption is such that you know, sometimes one kid can feel like three and it's mm-hmm. it's not a terrible thing. It's just you you have invited in a child whose history has been broken. And so mm-hmm. in as part of the restoration, it can be especially exhausting as a parent, you know this. And so with our second two that we adopted, we said, okay, at least two times a year, we're going to get away together for the weekend. And then with our last two biological kids, we've said three times a year as best <sighs> as we can, just because You know what, if we're not okay, the two of us and thriving in our marriage, which honestly at 16 years, I finally can say we are thriving in our marriage. I feel like for the, for our kids, they suffer and it's in subtle ways and they don't necessarily know, you know, we don't necessarily see it, but they actually grow when we grow. And man, I can say that at the tail end of 16 years, but we certainly have had some hard years in there where we've had to fight hard. Uh,
1: Well, I'm so glad you can say that you feel like you're thriving because- We've had those hard years as well. So ours have been pretty circumstantial, like circumstances have come into our life and it's made marriage hard. Yeah. Uh, and that just happens when you're adding kids and especially you and I both have kids from hard places and that can bring an added stress into your marriage. And so yay yeah. for thriving marriages after 16 and, and years.
2: I, it's fun to say it at 16 years when I, we actually have some friends that we've recently been counseling who are getting married and it's fun to say it at 16 years. And it's not like the year one where you're like more thriving just because we happen to like have a whole lot of love for each other and we really have fun together. Mm-hmm. It's great to say it at 16 years and go, man, we came through the fire and there were times where really the. The only thing holding us together was the ring and the covenant. Mm. And we barely were hanging on. And at 16 years to go, man, it's worth it. Like it is so hard, but on the other side of it, it can really be beautiful if you could hang on.
1: Uh, so when you look back on those times and we don't have to go into detail at all, but when you look back at those times, you're like, we really were hanging on by a covenant. Like I've never heard someone say that before. And I think that's really beautiful what you just said we're really just hanging on for a covenant. Like what are some of the things that helps you get through day to day when you're just hanging on by a covenant?
2: Honestly, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning. I think for me then, even at times feeling really misunderstood by Nate and Nate feeling misunderstood by me, I think that was one of the times where both Nate and I found God, like Mm -hmm. both of us going, you know, we moved from like teaching Bible studies and sort of like feeling like we had the right answers to like, man, this is really hard. And I have to get alone with him. And I have to know what his word says for when I want to kill this person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I have to find what it's like to have his eyes on me. When I feel misunderstood by my spouse, I have to fall in love with God and see what it's like to, have that fuel me if my husband isn't. Now I say that. And on the other side of it, both of us kind of growing in God independently, I feel like is what held us together because Mm. now 16 years later, both of us are like, man, we're different people in terms of our relationship with God and even just the close connection with him. And that's really what's made our marriage turn around.
1: That's amazing, and I think I haven't specifically seen in an area like you're speaking of, how you're personally speaking, but I've seen it in my life, and I've heard countless stories of people saying that it was through hardness and through hard times and trials and sufferings is where they really, really, really could say, I stand on these truths of God stronger.
2: That's exactly right. I think, you know, for me, I don't know that I could readily admit how much I struggle to believe what's in God's word unless things are hard and then things get hard. And I really go, man, I said you were good, but I'm not so sure you're good to me. Mm. And when they're hard, I feel like it just forces you in a really sweet way into the place of approaching his word and going, okay, maybe I didn't really believe this. Help me. It's kind of like that. Lord, I believe help my Uh unbelief.
1: Yeah, for sure. I I, I want
2: to believe you and I'm not there yet. And will you use this trial to bring me to a place where I actually really deep in my core believe you?
1: Mm. And, you know, you're talking early about Fight Club. And I think also this comes in as I really, really want to see Christian women be okay with hearing another woman say that. Um, yeah. And then saying, it's all right. We're going to walk through this together. We're going to fight together. And I think we're all, a lot of times afraid to express our... Um, our, our scaredness about the situation or our unbelief even, or our frustration with what God's doing. We're almost afraid to say that. And then we keep it in and it just grows into bitterness instead of saying it out loud. Cause God can handle it, right? Like he can take it. Um, uh, but then have other friends who exactly- we feel comfortable saying it with and they can take it too. And they just point us back to Jesus.
2: That's exactly right. That's what the Psalms are.
1: You know, right, the Psalms are yeah. like
2: these, these cry, this crying out to God. He is not afraid of that. And I think in friendship, when we can get to a place where we let a friend duke it out with God, like uh, wrestle it out, not try to give them an answer, not try to solve their problem, not try, try to pull them out of the pit, but really say like, Hey, I'm praying for you in the midst of this, our fight club. It's been cool. Cause we will, even throughout the day, we do Voxer, we don't text me too. much. Yeah, we do too. Ah, uh-huh. And we will just, hey guys, I'm right here in the throes of this. Can everybody stop what they're doing for just a minute and pray? And it's not like we're all giving each other answers for our hard stuff because everybody does have some significantly hard stuff going on at different times. Or someone does. It's kind of like yeah. whack-a-mole. Someone in there does it every time. Right. And and it is like, no, we really believe that it's God that's gonna get you out. And hey, you also don't need to have it all together and put on this like you know, what my husband calls this fake Jesus juice where we just uh, smile and act like it's all great. You know, we can yeah. really be honest and say, this is hard. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's so good. And I, I just, I got kind of tears in my eyes and chills when you're talking about that because I have found that in from some girlfriends and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Like nothing. No like, kidding. kidding. It's just the best. And I want everyone to experience that. And I think like people may be listening like, God, I wish I had that too, but I don't have any people to do that with. And I think sometimes we just have to step out and be that first, you know? Um, exa- be that exactly to people. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think that is the, you know, going back to the unseen moments, like as we find his eyes on us when nobody's looking. And, and I will say, so I have this fight club now, but there's been many years that I have struggled in friendship and just finding the fit i had my girls in college and i think after then it can all feel disorienting after you've got your nine girls that you've Mm -hmm. lived with and everybody's so close and or sorority life or whatever it is and then post-college it can feel like oh how do i find that again and i think in finding god's eyes on us when people aren't looking and they're not noticing and you you're swimming in it and life is so hard and nobody's coming to bring a meal the more we find his eyes on us there, the more I think then we can go be that person and start the group and start it Mm. for somebody else. Like I I think as women, sometimes we're mystified into thinking like somebody else has this great friendship thing going on and I just can't, rather than maybe I'm going to be the one to figure it out. Maybe I'm going to be the one to find confidence in God enough that I can go love somebody else in their hard place and we can pull each other up together.
1: Totally, totally. Just stepping out and being that person. Okay. I like to read parts of people's books sometimes. So can I read a piece of your book? Yeah, please do. Oh, so fun. Um, so this is from the chapter about love poured in chapter four. I loved it so much because you're just talking about something that we've read about, you know, with Mary pouring out her perfume on Jesus, right? We got all that mm-hmm. going on, but you talk a lot. And I think this is like when you talk about being unseen and, and, and the society and the world that we live in. We can, We see people a lot. Like <laughs> we can put on Instagram and we can see what everybody's <laughs> doing or what they tell us they're doing you know we can see everything quote-unquote that they're doing and there can become this dissatisfaction of ah oh, if one day I could just be like that or one day I'll be able to do what she's doing and and you say this in your book you say we become great when we genuinely happily serve in unacknowledged ways and places because that is where we find the sustaining face of God especially when no one else sees us or applauds Hearts that grow in God, that reach for Him and receive His reaching back, become profoundly great, unshakable even. At such times, our biggest mistake is to call our hiddenness accidental. You've probably heard statements like these, if I could just get out of this transition and into a role where I'm using my gifts, or when the kids get a bit older and I can leave the house more, or when he's not sick anymore, I'll really be able to give my life away for God's kingdom, or whatever it might be for you. We forget that it's in interruptions, the waiting seasons, the disappointments, that we grow best. It is in those times when we are quote unquote sidetracked by a disheartening job or an unshared bed or a leader who doesn't acknowledge our gifting that God whispers, this is where you become great on the inside. Mm. And I love that so much. It really spoke to me as someone who um, is seen by people. You know, um, Mm -hmm. I have a job that puts me like you as well, that puts me in front of people. And it was a really, really bold reminder for me as that the things that actually matter... (laughs) are the things in my life that just God calls me to do, but no one else is going to see. And for those in the, yeah. that are reading that aren't uh, in a public eye, that they don't matter any less. That's and exactly it's, a, right. it's a lie that we sometimes can't believe.
2: Yeah. And I think what's interesting about, because I've had people ask me, you know, you're writing a book about being unseen and yet here you are an author. <laughs> right. With your right. Name on a book. But I think there, um, the opportunity, I mean, you and I both know, but I think no matter what setting we're in, how public or private, there are tons of moments where we still feel misunderstood or unknown. For sure. I actually have sympathy for people who have massive platforms because I think, man, people people see them one one way, but they still have their private life mm-hmm. that is potentially misunderstood or pegged the wrong way. Or, I, And I, I just feel like oh, if we could, regardless of what the exterior looks like, begin to find his eyes in the moments where we really do feel hidden, I think those things change. They mm-hmm. really do change. Like you, you really don't feel like my circumstances need to change in order for me to be content. It feels like the circumstances can stay right where they are because he has a whole lot to say to me in my laundry room, in the carpool line, taking care of a sick kid, you know, healing a broken heart under my roof or caring for a husband in a, in a rough marriage he has a whole lot to say to me about how he sees me there, and I don't have to climb out of it to to get somebody else's affirmation. Yeah,
1: oh, it's so good. Well, I know that this book is going to minister to so many people. I highly recommend it, and if you can get your publisher to send me some paperback, I'm gonna I want to get it to my ladies in the jail. You know, I can't take oh, hardback copies in a jail. Real? Oh, interesting. I know. I never knew that till I started volunteering there, but. I know. So I'm always, there's like certain books that I sometimes want to like write a letter to the publisher and be like, could you please send me a paperback copy of this? I now know in the world that I'm in that it's not that easy, but yeah, still. Well, no <laughs> The ARCs are paperback. So yes. I need an ARC. I can take an, I can take an advanced reader copy. Definitely and, do that. Um, because I think about, I think about the girls yeah, that awesome. um, are there. I mean, you know, talk about feeling unseen. You know, you are, you are whole locked whole thing, up for, yeah. for, for an external crime, probably, you know, that that there are consequences for, but I'm telling you, they feel left out. They feel unseen and it's a struggle for them to feel seen by God as well.
2: Yeah. Oh, I'd mm. love for you to bring it in. Oh, so fun.
1: The living room is
2: where
0: you make life's most beautiful memories, but your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.
3: Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call.
1: Okay. Well, what I'm reading, so I have this
2: like book hoarding issue where I have like 17 books going at once. I need (sighs) someone to help me with that. So I'm just going to tell you a few, because if I told you all of them, I'm reading a children's book, The Little White Horse by Elizabeth (gasps) Oh,
1: You heard of it? No. And I think you're my first person to tell me they're reading a children's book.
2: I know. I don't know what. Well, I like her. I like her. I read Pilgrims Inn. I read Green Dolphin Street, some other novels of hers, and I just like it. And so I picked up the children's book, which speaking of I know that your husband's book is not a children's book, but I wanted to let you know one of my adolescents is reading his book. I love that. Isn't that cool? Are I they liking it? Spurgeon. Well, so she just got into it literally like two days ago. She was a okay. little bit enamored by his bio. I just need to leave it at that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so glad that she's reading. Pass it around. Let all your people read it. See, it's, how old is your daughter that's reading it? She's going to be twelve in a week. Okay, that's cool. Some people have asked me, "Would this be good for my, my middle school kids?" And I say, "Yes." I mean, my thirteen oh, year yeah, old's yeah. reading it. I mean, yeah. she
2: she she reads. I mean, she reads a lot of adult stuff, so she's an advanced reader. But yeah, and she's awesome. a historian. So Yeah. I'm loving this book called Proverbs: Wisdom That Works by Ray Orland. You heard okay. of it? No, it's really good. Um, and you know about fifteen other books
1: <laughs> for sure. For sure. Are you? Do you read a lot of, what do you read more, of? fiction, nonfiction? What's that look like for you? I kind
2: of keep rotation. I always want to have one fiction going, like one page turner. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just have, you know, like I've got my category. I'm studying Romans this year and reading an R.C. Sproul commentary on Romans and studying Proverbs. But then I got like, there's a author, Jody Burnt. She writes these great books on praying for your kids. And I've got teenagers and she has a book mm. on it. And so I just keep it by my bedside read the verses and read through it. It's pretty cool. Mm. So I just kind of have a little bit going on in a lot of different categories
1: at once. Do you study, you just said I'm studying Romans and Proverbs this year. Do you study a book of the Bible a year?
2: So I have this girlfriend and she's a missionary in Uganda and she's the resource geek like I am. And we pick one book of the Bible a year to study together. And not even that we actually sit down and study it together, but we just kind of keep each other on track. She like compiles this massive list of resources and we just kind of read books and commentaries and hang
1: out in that book the year. This year it was okay. two. Roman okay. Proverbs. We're going to need to just take a little break right here because I need to hear about this. So awesome. This is so him. awesome and so intriguing.
2: Yeah. So who knows why? I mean, we're both resource geeks, you know, like we, I can't help, but like listen to a podcast and share it with her. Like we just are back and forth all the time. Like, have you seen this article? Have you read this book? And so we just finally went, you know what, both of us are at that place where it's kind of easy and read the same
1: thing over and over again. And so we're like, let's pick a book of the year. So you read Romans, we're in August now, every month.
2: Well, no, I mean, that's like high and lofty. We always laugh because we make these big goals and I'm like in Romans eight right now. Okay, right? okay,
1: okay. But still, it's like your focus.
2: It's the focus, we certainly don't. And we actually might stay in Romans next year, but we did the year before that, we did the gospels. So we did four books. And the year before that, we did Psalms, which was pretty awesome. Talk about Charles Spurgeon, those tri- wow. uh, David so good.
1: That's awesome. I love this and I'm very intrigued by this. And I think that- I really like it. Like, I'm kind of like, I uh, don't have words right now because I'm still processing. It do it. It doesn't. I, and, and, and honestly, you
2: just laugh at the end of the year when you like have these big ambitions and you barely like scratch the surface. <laughs> hey, at least you got off the starting block.
1: I have some friends who kind of sound like you. They're, they just love resources and studying and stuff. So maybe I'll let them just kind of plan it out. And That's I'll tell them to email did. me.
2: She, she doesn't have any kids. So she planned it.
1: Oh, I love it. I need a planner and I'll be the ex- executor. Okay. So you're reading all those things. Yeah. Um, what are you loving? Oh my goodness. Okay.
2: So I feel like Athleta needs to give me a commission on the Ugh. Aspire ankle pant. Okay. I'm not kidding. Tell I am me why. into fall and I think I've recommended it to all. all my friends wore it through my pregnancy. It's like a jogger that's, that's tethered at the bottom and you can, or it's got a tie at the bottom and you can wear it out with a denim jacket. Oh, really? Them, and it's that material that dries really fast. So you could sweat it out. And if you're like me and you don't change your clothes until the next morning run. Uh-huh. No, yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> so the Athleta Aspire Angle Pant. I'm just okay, I'm looking at them. They're so cute. I know. Get yourself a pair and then maybe request that they send me commission because I've been recommending <laughs> them to my friends.
1: <laughs> Do you have them where the zippers are kind of diagonal? Yep, yeah, that's exactly oh. right. Okay. The, I could rock this in the fall.
2: They're great. And they got lots of colors. You got options. All right. I love it. What else? Okay. So this little local company, Hashtag Wall Art, it's Kansas City, but they ship all over the U.S. and they do these wood pallets where they can do a skyline of your city or like for my family, they did a map of the whole world and then highlighted the countries my kids are from. Oh, Yeah. And it's like kind of a barnhouse feel, but I also use them for all my birthday gifts. So I just give them to my friends. Like if I have a quote, like a C.S. Lewis quote that they love or like a song quote, I may do it. Oh, after. that's
1: amazing. Okay. I love that. Okay. What else?
2: And so I'm turning 40 and I love Pilates. I have a stomach that is split in my pregnancy. Did you ever have that? Wait, what does that mean? So what is, when your stomach splits, do you really yeah. not know about it? Oh, uh-uh, you got to have, know about this. have this. They just probably don't talk about it.
1: My okay, stomach tell me.
2: during my pregnancy, it's called diastasis. And I guarantee you probably about 60% of your listeners who have had babies have it. They may not even know it. it's like the, the little tire that never goes away. And Pilates is like a great resource or a great exercise, like set of exercises to get your core back together. And we have a little wow. block
1: around the corner and it's putting my belly back together. Pilates seems like Pilates for me and yoga falls into this category as well As I see them and I think that's like my dream life. Like I I wake up and my hair's already curled and then I put my <laughs> yoga mat on my shoulder and I walk out with my smoothie and I go to a yoga studio and then I meet a friend for lunch. That's like my, that's I a know. part of my dream world. This Pilates studio around the corner, it's awesome. It's actually
2: Christian run and they've got like a health food store on the front and they have made it to feel like a barn. You go in and it does feel like your dream life. So then I, you know, I leave my crazy house with all my wild kids. I mean, they're not crazy wild, but you know, it's loud here. Yes. I go to Pilates, get a kombucha on the way home. And I feel like, oh man, that's right. My life isn't like this all the hours of the day. You're, leaving,
1: you're living my dream life for like an hour and a half every time you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what an hour. Can you wear your Aspire ankle pants to Pilates? I do wear them to Pilates. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm going to guarantee that these will be, have arrived at my house before the show airs because this is my life right here.
2: Yes, please. And I, I mean, Athleta, like they've got to have a commission structure, right?
1: Athleta, Sarah needs you right now. If you're listening, (laughs) Athleta. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. I love all of those things. Like I want to be a part of all of them so badly. I, love, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I love it. One of my favorites of your podcast because who doesn't want to share what they love? I know. And I love it too because it always makes me want to just figure out what I love. I get asked sometimes on shows and it puts me on the spot and I feel like, what do I love? What do I love? What do I love? And so I do love hearing everything that everyone's doing. And then I go spend money because I want yeah. it as well. No, I know. <laughs> uh, well, Sarah, um, congratulations on releasing another book. I Thank know you. a very small what this feels like because I'm on the verge of it, but I do know that it's very, very vulnerable to put your words out there. And so thank you for doing that. And you're just a beautiful writer. I read your first book and fell in love with it as well. And it was so great to have you on the oh, show today. Thank
2: you. Well, I can't wait to have your book out.
1: Oh, you're so kind. You're so kind. So everyone, you have a week to go pre-order your book. And so you can get it where all books are sold. I'm imagine Amazon yes. for sure. Uh-huh. What can you not get at Amazon? Everything. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon shows up at my hand. Maybe. (laughs) Yes, maybe. It's a knockoff. I'm going to get the knockoff brand from Amazon, let you know how it goes. Um, Thanks so much for coming on the show, Sarah. Guys, wasn't that just phenomenal conversation with Sarah? I knew I loved her when we crashed into each other at the hotel, and I loved her even more after having just one single conversation with her. I want to thank our last sponsor for making today's show possible, and that is Spice Islands. Spice Islands has a craft approach when it comes to spices, and you can taste the difference in every bottle. They still sun-dry many of their spices, and their chili peppers are hand-de-stemmed. Plus, they capture the volatile oil, which gives flavor to each spice, whether it be Saigon cinnamon, dill weed, bay leaves, garlic powder, cumin, or turmeric, and maintain a strict standard for each item to ensure consistency, quality, and flavor. Guys, visit SpiceIslands.com for more spice facts and delicious recipes, and pick up Spice Island spices in the premium spice section of your local retailers. All right, guys. Today's show is edited by Chris with Pod Shaper and the music is from Jason Poe. Guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend and have a happy hour with a friend.